What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David, and I have two very special guests with me today. Horror guru himself, Tom, is back. I think he is a man of a jack of all trades. He was here for Mulholland Drive. He was here for the Oscars. Now he's here for The Conjuring. How are you doing, buddy? Versatile, man. You know, I'm just, uh, yeah, my, my tastes are eclectic. Absolutely. <laughs> and then deciding to come out of her shell, like Patrick Starfish and SpongeBob, um, Jenny is back for one episode and one episode. I oh, know you may be back next week too, right? No, I may be back next week also pending, but hi now, guys. Why are, you, why are you only spotty now, Jenny, with your appearances? Ooh. Ooh, I'm being put on this. Well, I think Dave has acquired, um, a good variety of guest hosts on here that I've been able to sort of take back. Uh, take back a little bit on my role here and just produce and edit and publish the podcast live. Okay, so you're still very much involved behind. So I'm I'm involved behind the scenes. Um, and then yeah, and then when Dave needs me to kind of step in or when there's a topic, but I feel that we we've been able to in the last what is it four years now that we've been doing this, right? We started in 2017, so wow, okay, four years. It goes really quick, and we're almost we're nearing our 200 episodes and I feel like Dave has gotten so many people to come on that have had, you know, a lot of different passionate opinions on different types of film. And I think it's only grown, um, the variety that we've been able to provide for our listeners. So I, yeah. So, I mean, I'm happy to come on whenever I'm always here. I'm always around and behind. Oh, Tom knows. That's why <laughs> When we decided to do The Conjuring and Tom said to come on, he's like, we got to get Jenny on here. So this is, <laughs> I, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to get Jenny to rant on something, Tom. I promise you that. Oh, All right. Yeah. I'm counting on it. Everyone can hear me um, yell about something. Yeah. yeah. I got some, I got some texts after Jenny's rant on our Mulholland Drive episode and they're, and they're like, oh my God, can Jenny do this every week? Just do like random rants. Just call just call it Jenny's Corner. And just her rant about some subject that she hates Oh, that's in actually kind of brilliant. Just pop in and grab I the mic. I could do that. I, I'll think about that. There and could I, be something there. I know you have something to complain about every week, so. <laughs> With me? No. Uh, but I'm let, not a complainer. Let's get into the news. And by the way, um, everything Jenny said is true. We've had a lot of great guests. But the real reason she's done on is because she likes playing with Bruce Wayne. <laughs> well, I would too. He's adorable. Oh, they know. The listeners know who our cat is. I've mentioned it before. Alrighty, so let's get in, let's get into the news. I try to sprinkle a little bit of something for Jenny, something for myself, something for Tom here. So uh, the first one is more of a question for Jenny. So um, this is not really news. This is just more of a picture that leaked of Michael Keaton's bat suit revealed by Andy Muschietti for the upcoming Flash film. So my question to Jennifer Gonzalez is: How will you deal with me? When this film arrives, knowing that Michael Keaton is back as Batman. Oh man, this is gonna 
This is going to take us back. Well, so, all right, Michael Keaton back as Batman. I mean, you've already been hyped for this for when we first got the rumors coming out. and, and I almost really cried. I almost cried. And I think when you actually see it, when the movie finally does come out, when is it slated? Do we have a release date yet? Next year? Okay. Next year. Um, early, it's either late next year or early 2023. Okay. Okay, so when we have it, when you actually watch it on screen, I'm going to just stare at you when you see the first appearance of Michael Keaton back as Batman. And uh, I think it's going to be all you talk about for a while, just like (laughs) just like the Joker. Oh, my God, the Joker. And and Joker saga. Then we had what? 2017, 2016, 2017, right? 2016, 2016, La La Land. But then that was another one. Wait, what was um, the another one? La La Land. Oh yeah, yeah, no, but that nothing, yeah. nothing is top La La Land, I think. Well, it was like the movie, but then we had the Oscar campaign, and then all that stuff that came out after, and then and it I was still, just I'm like the continuance. I'm still not um, over it, by the way. And yeah, so this is just going to be another period piece for Dave. Good, Dave's story. So, for Michael's is Keaton Batman. expected to be a cameo or like so, a full blown role? Yeah. So, what they were trying to do, and you know, with DC and Warner's, you know how things are. Warner's they can't get their head out of their ass. Um, the goal for Keaton is to be kind of. Have you watched any MCU films, Tom? Or got have like a small idea of like. I know enough. Okay, I know enough so, to be dangerous. So, Michael Keaton is going to be the DC's Nick Fury. So, he's going to essentially be like the guide to the universe kind of way. So, he's going to make cameos in multiple movies. This will be his return to the role, and I believe that it will be smaller cameos going on. So, okay. I don't, I don't suspect. I haven't read anything or heard anything that it's going to be a you know he's going to get another standalone. No, I don't expect that. He's in, the guy's in his sixties. I'm. I'm just glad yeah. he's back. So, uh, and I love that the suit for you know, since I'm such a huge fan of this guy, um, the suit is actually his last suit that he wore in Batman Returns. So they actually didn't pay tribute to '89. They're actually just continuing his story with the the last suit he wore. So, uh, Jenny, good luck. I I am so sorry for what you're gonna deal with in the next few years when it comes to Michael Keaton as Batman again. And all the merchandising opportunities that are going to yes. come out. Yes. David's going to be like, hey, babe, should I buy this? I'm should like, I literally no. buy a bat? Can I literally buy a bat suit and wear like, it around the house? I house first and then you can fill a whole room or rooms with it. I'm like, we're running out of space in this apartment. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna move next to Tom. Yes. Yeah, yes. I would love to go on a boat. <laughs> we'll have movie nights every night. Absolutely. Alright, next bit of news. I I think Tom may be interested in this. Uh, Jonathan Majors is in talks to be Michael B. Jordan's opponent in Creed 3. So for anyone that doesn't know Jonathan Majors, he's in Lovecraft Country. He is in one of the most underrated performances of last year in The Five Bloods. Um, and I think he is also going to be uh, King the Conqueror in the MCU. So he's doing big things. Uh, I know Jenny and I are on the same boat. We don't want another Creed. We thought everything ended really perfectly with Creed 2. Um, I was going to say, this would be my next rant. So, Tom, before, Jen- <laughs> before Jenny goes off, Tom, what do you think of the, oh. the casting itself and the idea of another entry? Um, I think I agree with you guys about, is there really a need for Creed 3? Eh, I don't know. Um, but I am a huge fan of Jonathan Majors. Um, he was one of the standouts of Lovecraft Country. I had a love-hate relationship with Lovecraft Country. 
I'm not sure that I'll be back for season two. Um, I understand what they tried to do, but a lot of it, this is my own rant, my own side rant, but a lot of it felt disjointed um, instead of cohesive and unified. But his his performance and Jernay Smollett's performance were always standouts every episode. So I'm happy that he's getting big roles and doing big things. Jenny, rant away. Yeah, I mean, my only rant, and it's not going to be as passionate as <laughs> the Isle of Lucy, but I do, I think they they ended it so well. Like, they tied everything up in Creed 2. Like, we got the story. You know, like, I was so excited when there was going to be a Creed movie because I really like Michael B. Jordan. I loved him from his time when he first started on All My Children. Um, and then, obviously, going through, I've been following his career. And I really, I love that they were bringing back this story and this, like, underdog, and it was just fitting in and Sly was part of it. So you had Creed and it, won the Oscar. and it uplifting. It was it was fantastic. And then you had Creed 2 and I was like, okay, this is good. This is, you know, and then you get towards the ending of Creed 2 and it's like I think it fits so well. I was like they're probably going to make another one, but they shouldn't make another one. Um so it'll be interesting. He's he's directing this one, right? Yes, his directorial and- debut. Yeah, so I'm excited for him to have that opportunity. I also think he's learned a lot um, from being at the helm of Ryan Coogler. Um, so I think he'll probably, look, we may see a lot of, would you say, Kuglerisms maybe in it that kind of turn into Jordanisms in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. But um, I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch it, so it's not like I won't watch it. It's but a boxing I, movie. We're all going to watch I it. Just, I just feel like you kind of, I don't know. It doesn't need to turn into the Rocky franchise either. Like it doesn't need to go into all these movies and have all this filler when you you told such a like good tight story. Yeah, you should have seen Tom. You should have seen Jenny's face when um when Milo appeared at the end of Creed. Oh, oh my god! She's I'm like so she's it's like he shows up and Jenny's like, oh my god, is that gonna be? Is it Milo or Milo? It's Milo. Milo. I think it's Milo. So she's like, oh my god, it. it, it it better be Milo that opens the door, and then he she, he opens the door, and he's like, "Oh my god!" Well, I was so excited because I was like, "Yes, they continued like the continuity of it." Like I didn't know if they were going to be able to get him because it was it he was still on This Is Us, or he had just started really, I think a season in or whatnot. So I was like, maybe he they can't get him. But I was like, I would love like I hate when you change actors yes, in movies, and you know, obviously, barring if someone died, like that's a completely different story. But you know, when you can try to get someone, get it. It, yeah. it just continues the story. Work hard at getting them. Like like side rant again. Um, yeah. It pisses me <laughs> off that they're not using the original Tommy Doyle in Halloween Kills later this year. And Anthony Michael wow. Hall is is a respectable actor, and he can step into the role, I'm sure. But damn, I know the guy doesn't act anymore. But trying try harder, man. And there I'll is more money. There he's yeah. been very vocal. I'll send you this off the line uh, about that. By the way. Oh, I would love to read. Yeah, he is very upset about that. That he oh, wasn't. So they, so they he never called to do it. They apparently, if I get, I have to, you know, tell us, Dave. If I'm it's not, I may be a, a little bit wrong, but like from what I've read in the last year, they never called him. <gasps> oh no, bueno. Oh so man, that seems to be the thing. And then I will. There's more to it. I, 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 there is an article. I think bloody disgusting, or someone has an article about it. I'll send it your way after we're done here. Well, uh, all right. 
Yeah. A quick, another quick side note. I feel like that happens often with a lot of these actors too, because haven't, you know, we attend all these conventions and we, we hear from a lot of people during these Q and A's. Sure. And I feel like even one person, right, Dave, your favorite, Danielle Harris talks about it. Like, I think she hasn't been, I think she wasn't called. I forgot for what. No, it was Halloween. No, si- wasn't- it was Halloween six. They, uh, she emancipated herself from her parents. She paid, well, she paid yeah, the lawyers to emancipate herself. And then they did not want, they wanted to pay. They didn't want to pay her her rightful salary, so she didn't enjoy okay. Halloween Six. But okay. then Rob Zombie gave her the opportunity to come back, so she shouldn't complain yeah. too, too much. Well, it's Although yeah, right, it's Rob, Rob Zombie, movies, <laughs> don't yeah. don't get Jenny started on Rob Zombie. That's a different rant for another day. I think that's on a previous episode. Yeah, somewhere. it is. Alrighty, so moving on. This uses more for Jen because actually, I don't know if you watched her on this show, but Issa Rae is joining the voice cast of Spider of the Spider-Verse sequel as Spider-Woman. Jenny, thoughts? I'm excited. I'm really excited. Um, I saw that casting. I was like, yes. I'm a little bummed that Insecure is like on the last season, um, which actually I have to check to see because I haven't, I haven't looked. It was actually one of my quarantine binges last year because um, I hadn't, I had been meaning to watch it and then I like blew through it. And so I'm a little sad to see it go. Um, but excited to see how they wrap things up. And then I was excited to see this casting and see her continue. She's hilarious. So I think, um, especially just seeing the first Spider-Verse movie and how there's a lot of comedic um, things, especially with like Nick Cage. Won the Oscar. Um, as what, Spider-Noir? Spider-Noir, yeah. Yeah, and, and then... so like I feel like she'll do really, really, really well with this. Any thoughts on this, Tom? No, um, I didn't see the first one. It's, Sacrilege, I know, it's but good, uh, it's, good. it's very good. Even those that aren't really into the genre, just the style of animation that was used, yeah, it kind of actually pokes fun at the genre itself, and okay. all, and it actually okay. pokes fun at bad Spider-Man movies. Like they make fun of Tobey Maguire, which is oh, yeah, which totally. is which is fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm in for this. I can't wait for the sequel to come. And then last bit of news, uh, I think I hope you've seen this already, Tom. Have you seen Corella yet? I have, yeah. Okay, so the Corella sequel is officially greenlit. Um, it took Disney less than seven days. I am. I told Dave, yep. I was like, Corella two is coming. Jenny I'm was one hundred percent right. I felt I like, like it rhymes well too. I actually felt like this was more like Joker, like a PG thirteen version of Joker. Uh, this film as a whole. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is a great standalone piece. Has that post credit scene that kind of sets off what's going to happen in one hundred and one Dalmatians. But is Disney really going to kill dogs on screen? So I'm like, maybe they'll just leave it at here. So uh, I'm all in, though. This is great. Like Emma Stone. They're is not going to kill dogs. They didn't even let her smoke on screen. Did they not? No, because they they follow. I think after a certain. I was reading about this the other day. Um, I can't remember the year, but I think it was like after like 1998 or I don't know something. They kind of have like this no smoking on a Disney movie rule, like Disney live action or Disney animated. Um. So they don't have her smoking. So she won't be smoking in the next one, I think, it's either. Like the, um, Disney... And they're not going to kill dogs. It's like the Disney Android rule. Tom, have you ever... Ooh, sorry, sneeze. Uh, have you Allergy ever... season, man. Yeah, man. Have you ever heard the, the Android Apple Disney rule? No. So in a, when we watch Marvel, obviously it's all technology field or whatever. If someone has... A, Apple does not allow their vil, vil, Disney villains to have... Apple phones. They always have Androids. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so when we were Why? watching... I don't know. It's just an Apple thing. Because the villain gets it. Because the villain. The villain has the competitor phone. 
So, like, when we were watching uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, what's her name? Jen? I forgot her name again. She was Who? on She was on that show that you're watching. Brothers and Sisters or whatever. Oh, <laughs> Emily Van Camp. Yeah, there oh, you I go. Love her. Yeah. She is... What's her name? She is, throughout the entire show, she's actually a good guy within the Marvel Universe, but during the series, she wasn't using an iPhone. And then I'm like, oh, Jenny, I think she is this person. And then she turns out to be this person at the end of the because series. Because of the Android. Because of the Android. Yeah, you piece it out. Oh. But um, thoughts on the Cruella sequel as a whole, and what are your thoughts on the movie itself? Um, I'll go first. I'm here for a sequel. I loved the movie. I thought it was a little long at two hours and 14 minutes, yeah. but it still worked. Uh, I thought the the production design was incredible. Um the costumes were fierce. Uh, both Emmas just looked like they were having so fun playing off each other. Um, I, I hope they don't create a story that's too much of a stretch. You know, I feel like with these villain standalone pieces, you can probably only go so far. I was not a fan of Maleficent, um, so I did not see Maleficent 2. Um, but I heard that a lot of people thought that that was a, a drastic um uh, reduction in quality yeah. um, from the first one. So, but I'm I'm here for for Cruella too. I'll I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, same here. And then I guess it did well on Disney Plus. I, uh, yeah, what are, I've been trying to find those numbers and I can't. They won't release them. Disney oh. Disney does the Netflix thing. They'll only release it like Mayor of Easttown. Uh, HBO doesn't release the numbers. They just say, hey, this is our highest. Blah 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 blah. Like I'm sure when Stranger Things comes back and whatever it fucking comes back. They'll probably do the same thing that it'll, you know, this is the highest rated show, or highest watched show on Netflix or whatever. But yeah, I'm, I'm all in for it as well. And that wraps up the news of the week. Uh, moving on to what we watch this week. I only have three things to touch on. Jenny has seen nothing of this. With me. Actually, no. She actually saw, because Jenny loves watching things at the end without watching things complete. She saw the series finale of Mayor of Easttown with me without watching another episode in the entire Oh my god, Jenny, you have to see the whole series. I know, I want to, but I was waiting, right? Like, I was waiting for it to end so I could just binge it. Because I just, like, I've gotten into, you know, I used to, I love television, I love movies. But television has always been my my thing, right? And as a latchkey kid, like, I'd go home, I'd watch TV, like, I'd be watching TV, summer, watching TV, like, all this stuff. And so... I used to watch like things at from eight to 10 PM on each channel. I used to have DVR. Like I used to be able to do all that, but now I've, you know, in the last like 10 years with the binging streaming model, I prefer to binge things much faster. So I actually was holding out for Mary of Town. I was like, I'm going to watch it, but I want to wait till it's done because I started like the flight attendant and then I had to keep waiting every week. And that was like, it's really good show. If you haven't seen it yet. Um, and I just was like, I'm impatient and I just want to watch it all together. And then Dave was watching it in the living room and I walked in and I was like, oh, look. And then I started getting into it. And then <laughs> so I got the ending, but I'm going to go back and watch it because Kate's my girl. And uh, I'm excited to see and obviously like the great reviews. It actually just seems to me by the ending, you don't really need a season two being that I it know, is a limited series. And they're probably going to do like the big little lies kind of thing. Um, but whatever uh i guess i'll talk to tom since you know how it ends jennifer um i love the series as a whole it, i felt i originally saw the trailer and i was a little bit i'm like oh my god is this gonna be misery porn like this is just gonna be like depressing the entire time but it, like it's ever and jenny's gonna hate this comparison it's gonna it reminds me a little bit of what 
uh, David Lynch wanted to do with Twin Peaks. Not just make it about the murder, but make it about everyone within the town. And I think the show does that. Like, you kind of are invested in every single character within the series. Absolutely. Um, The twist, I'm not going to say the twist for anyone that hasn't seen it, but the twist at the end, they sprinkle a lot throughout. I actually did like it. Did you like it? Yes, and I actually, literally 10 seconds before it was revealed, um, because... So Kate's character has an encounter in a restaurant with somebody that's like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so there's a twist coming. And about 10 seconds before it was revealed, I literally gasped and I went, and Jeff was like, what? And I was like, it's so-and-so and and here's why. And like 10 seconds later, the reveal comes. And it was the first time in my 35 years of uh, watching horror mysteries well not 35 but i'm 35 years old but in my many many years of watching horror and thriller and mysteries and all that good stuff it's the first time that i have ever called a twist so i was so oh that's awesome excited that's yeah. awesome yeah it, it was um a buddy of mine had seen it already he got a screener to this to the finale and he had told me last week uh that it's very very much satisfying so do you think she wins the emmy or do you think I do. so? You think she'll be Anya because Anya's been on such a tear for Queen's Gambit. Yeah, I think I think the show is going to win the Emmy for best limited series. I think Kate is going to win. I think maybe even Julianne Nicholson and Jean Smart sneak in with a nomination for best supporting. I, I think the show is going to do really well on the nomination. Yeah, front. Really limited series is a bloodbath this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Question before also, me. Yeah. isn't Jean Smart on that show called Hacks, Hacks right? yeah. So she's, and I heard she, that that's really good. I want to watch that too. People say um, she might win the Emmy for I was that say, in the comedy. She, yeah. she, she should have won. She should have won last year. But that's yeah, for Watchmen. For Watchmen. She's really good there. Um, quick question. I'm curious what, if, if Jenny only has one answer for this. Um, outside, I think this is one of her best performances, Kate Winslet, like in her career. Um... What do you think is her best? And Jenny, just say Titanic and let's get it out of the way for you. It's not. No, I... Just say Revolutionary Road. I actually want to say Revolutionary Road. Mm. I don't know. I think because Revolutionary Road is so... Heavy. So heartbreaking. The whole... The whole... Well, I mean, I guess not the whole movie, but most of the movie is heartbreaking. And you see this couple and even just during her... um, I guess you would say her miscarriage scene. I haven't seen that it, man. Like, oh, well, sorry. Dave. It's old. It's an old movie. You can watch it anytime. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I think that for me is one of my favorite performances for her. I feel like that is really where and actually she was directed by her husband at the time. Sam Mendes. Oh, she married. She married. She was married to Sam Mendes. Yeah. Yeah. Mendes. Yeah. Um, I learned that the hard way, Jennifer. So now it's Sam Mendes. Yeah, sorry. It's the Hispanic in me to do Mendes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, at the time, that was her second husband. So And now she's with uh, Rock and Roll Ned or whatever? Well, he's no longer Ned Rock and Roll. He has now gone back to his original name. But yes, he's Richard Branson's nephew. That's who um, she's currently married to. Nice. Uh, yeah. So for me, Revolutionary Road, I think, would be my top, I think, uh, one of the best performances Tom what me. about you same thing uh no mayor of Easttown. nice so for me I am uh eternal eternal sunshine okay yeah definitely not Ammonite I'll say that much <laughs> oh no 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 um and I also saw this fun movie it's a comedy it's called plan b uh it's on Hulu it's about uh a girl that has uh 
loses her virginity and she the condom is like stuck in her uh what what, what would you say hoo-ha and her uh she has her to, vagina she has to use proper terms vagina and uh she has to go to oh uh to the, to the drugs to the drugstore oh. to get a plan b pill but the pharmacist at the drugstore refuses to give it to her because uh they live in south dakota and um you know, oh great! I'm yeah. going there in a month. <laughs> yeah, so that leads him on like this fun ride. It it reminds me of Unpregnant from last year. Similar fashion. It's very very fun. And then I got a screener to Zola, which comes out. Oh, here. I saw the trailer for that last night during The Conjuring, and I was like, whoa! It is. So I got the screener. A24 sent it to me, and I can actually talk about it. So I can go full throttle on this. Um, you, I didn't. I heard about the movie and then i looked up the thread last year during sundance and it took a while for them to get get this movie released the thread is bananas the movie is even more bananas jenny didn't want to watch it with me because she's like oh this is just a stripper movie i'm like no this is not just a stripper movie so i did not say that i was just like this is about a stripper and he's like no so i'm like okay I was getting, at first I was getting um, Florida Project vibes from it, but then it looks like it's more comedic than that. So, but is it, is it dark? Is it funny? Is it's a dark it both? Com- it's I, very much a dark comedy. Okay. There, um, I think it's the most, um, there is a, there is a, not a rape gangbang, but there is a gangbang in the movie, a welcome gangbang. Um, this, consensual, I think, you consensual mean? Consensual bang. Uh, or yeah. you mean like welcome, like welcome you were excited to see it on the screen. No, 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 it was consensual. Oh. <laughs> um, I think this has the, out of recent movies, uh, more male frontal than female frontal in the movie as well. Equality. So, yeah. So the movie itself is very, very fun. I, Tom, you'll be about it. I think you'll really enjoy it for its dark comedy. Uh, Jenny, I, I think she made the wise choice not watching. <laughs> I'm not sure if she, uh, she, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll make her watch it. Uh, one interesting tweak that I really liked is, and when you watch it, Tommy, you'll get it. Um, every time an actual tweet from that 147 thread tweet is said in the movie, you hear the bird chirp. Oh, fun. That's, so That's actually super fun. So they actually make sure they let you know when the actual tweet is said in the movie and you hear the, you know, whatever the tweet noise is. So those are the things I've watched. Jenny, you really haven't seen anything outside of like Sisters and Cousins or whatever that show's called. <laughs> Jeff has uh, been for the first time ever too, Jenny. He's, he's Oh, just, really? Season four. Yeah. Oh, I'm at the end. Of, I'm on the last episode of season four. I've watched it before, but um, I was like, oh, let me try something new. I've been, you know, quarantine for me was about watching a lot of old shows that I haven't watched in a while. So, you know, last year I had a whole kick on like TGIF. So I was watching Family Matters. I watched Perfect Strangers again. Um, This time around, uh, I was like, oh, let me see Brothers and Sisters. Let me start it up again. Um, So watching it this time around, so much drama and I'm like god I'm so tired already like this family keeps going through everything and I'm like oh and so now I'm at the end of season four so I got one more season oh you and Jeff are he literally just finished season four to re-binge and then um and then what what else did I watch other than the conjuring no I totally forgot to mention I forgot to mention it last week and I mentioned it in passing and then um Jenny and I are watching sex in the city my first time yeah I never never seen it my like millionth time or whatever I, so uh, it's, it's funny because we're i'm watching it through like dave's eyes now and like he's like commenting on things and i'm just like huh, 
you wait. You wait because I'm like, don't get too attached or like, you know. I'm very attached to my boy Kyle McLaughlin. He's on there right now. And uh... so going back to Dave's phases right now. Oh, we're on Twin Peaks. Yeah, we are on Twin Peaks phase. We've been in the Twin Peaks for about a year. July of 20. So about a year. Yeah. About a year right now. So so. we had La La Land. Then we had Joker. Then we have Twin Peaks. And so then next year will be Michael Keaton Batman in The Flash. Yes. And Tom, or yeah. the Batman, because the Batman. Oh, that is, is also coming that's coming out first. Next year. That is coming first, and that's going to be another hard on for Dave. So, Tom, any highlights from you outside of Mayor? Um, so there's this show on Netflix called Special. Um, it's created by this this young guy Ryan O'Connell. Um, and it's two seasons long, and it just wrapped. Its second season is its final, but it's about a gay guy who has cerebral palsy. Um, and he has it in real life, this guy, Ryan O'Connell, and it's semi-autobiographical and it's super fun. It's a comedy. Um, so I just wrapped Jeff and I just wrapped that up and we loved it. And we were so sad that Netflix didn't have more confidence in this show to give it yet another season because just mm-hmm. watching it grow from season one to season two alone was incredible. But yeah, check it out. If you're in the mood for like some light comedy about some underrepresented minority go for it. it you'll you'll dig it it's super fun it's super witty uh it's one of those shows that you have to watch very closely because you'll miss the jokes because they fly at that kind of pace and at that kind of speed but special on netflix check it out nice all righties so let's get into what we are here today we are going to cover a little universe that started back in 2013 and now it's probably the the end-all be-all for the horror genre in terms of universes and franchises. They are doing it right, and um, a lot of people are trying to copy them and not successfully, may I add. Uh, so we are going to look at the Conjuring universe. We are actually going to touch on The Devil, the devil Made Me Do It at the end because I am going through to go through this chronologically. Um, in terms of development, development actually began over 20 years before the, film's fir- uh, the first film's debut. When Ed Warren played a tape of Lorraine Warren's original interview with Carolyn Perrin for, uh, for producer Tony DeRusa Grund, uh, DeRusa Grund made a recording of Warren playing back the tape at their subsequent discussion. At the end of the tape, Warren said, uh, if we can't make this into a film, I don't know what we can do. So the Grosso Run wrote the original treatment titled uh, The Conjuring for nearly 14 years. He tried to get the film made without any success. He originally landed a deal to make the film at Gold Circle Films, which I have never heard of that studio. Have you ever heard of that studio? Yeah, yeah, I can I can picture yeah. their logo in my. You, you would know if you saw it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what? They actually, I just came to mind. They made The Haunting in Connecticut. If you remember that movie. Awesome. Yes. Um, very contrasting in quality for sure. Uh, they eventually ended up working with Warner on getting the film released with. Uh, Warner's in New Line in 2013. Uh, all eight films of the Conjuring universe take place between 1952 and 1981. So I'm going to so go far. so far. I'm going to go chronologically here, and I'm going to start with the first film in the Conjuring universe. We'll get some quick thoughts on it, and then at the end of everything, we'll do a quick ranking of the entire universe. So 1952, The Nun. The movie uh, was released on September 7th, 2018, and I I think the most shocking thing, as we'll see throughout this entire run, is how much money 
this universe has made. It's even made more than I expected. So the Conjuring, I mean, the Nun made three hundred and sixty-five million dollars uh, with a budget of twenty-two million dollars, uh, and it is twenty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Jenny, I'll start with you. If the Nun, what did you think of the Nun? I liked it. I mean, I didn't think it was. I kind of like, like, I enjoyed having sort of a backstory, um, and. I don't know. It's so hard because, like, we met her. So we met the actress, right, Bonnie... Um, Aaron. Aaron, at a Monster Mania convention in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And she's so nice. The sweetest. So it's so, like, weird because, like, obviously when you first watched a movie and we hadn't met her, it was like, whoa. Like, this character, like, freaky, nightmare, like, in your dreams. Like, you could just, like, just that whole scene of her coming in through, what was it, through the canvas, I think? Oh, yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, of my God. Movie history. Like the, but, at the but that's theater. The Conjuring too. Uh, oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, for, for those... going back to that. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed having, sorry, it was a little, there was a little... It's not a, it's not my favorite. I don't rank it at the top. Jenny's nicer than I am. <laughs> um, I don't so, rank it at the top, but I didn't like totally hate it, and I kind of love that. Um, I did like the casting choices. So, yeah. yeah. So Damien Bashir starred in the lead role as the priest, and Vera Farmiga's sister. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So she was also starring in that film. So the plot of the film follows a nun, a priest as they investigate an unholy secret and confront a malevolent force in the form of the d- d- demonic nun. I think it's the second worst in the entire universe. I I think there is... Rather rather than focus... I don't think there was enough focus on her origin, and we didn't see her enough. I felt like we saw her more in The Conjuring 2 than we actually yeah. saw her in The Nun. Uh, the movie isn't... For me, it's not boring. I just don't think it's very good. I think there's a lot missing, and they... It, it was a big miss. I, I feel like if they get a sequel, which it is intended on this movie getting a sequel, I think they'll follow suit like Annabelle Creation did, and they'll focus more on her rather than the people around her. Uh, Love the little connection, though, to the conjuring at the end, though, with the uh, in the credits, if you remember that, Tom. So, um, I do, yep. Yep. Thoughts on the nun on your end? Uh, are you in agreement? I I go with you on this one, Dave. I was severely disappointed with the nun because uh, in The Conjuring 2, the nun to me was the scariest part and like literally is like nightmare inducing in that movie. I had such high expectations for this. Um, I liked the production design and how they set it in like a Transylvania-esque kind of place. And yeah. I thought that was neat and, neat and that was different. It just wasn't scary. And for me, um, Thaisa Farmiga has too many uh, physical characteristics and traits that are too similar to Vera yep. that it almost distracted me. Um, and I understand why they cast her and that, you know, they thought that was clever. And, and I get that. But it it was it was more distracting than than clever to me. Um, yeah, I, this is actually the last one in my I rank it last in the Conjuring universe. If it, it it's funny. um this was last for me until I saw another movie. What saved this from being last is that it actually really connects to the overall Conjuring universe. Conjuring, yeah. Even though they did change actors, because as I'll get to, I have some facts for the Conjuring. That scene that they use in The Nun with, uh, what was his name? Mauricio? Uh, yeah. 
when he's possessed and the Warrens are doing the exorcism on him in The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2, I believe, it is a different actor. Yeah, I think I noticed that when I saw it. Yeah, so I do have some facts on this. Uh, uh, after The Demon Nun, The Conjuring proved to be a popular horror antagonist. A spinoff focusing on the character was Greenland, making her the second character to get her own fe- feature film after Annabelle. The next one, and we still haven't heard if this is actually going to happen, is The Crooked Man, which we saw in The Conjuring 2. So I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that'll work. It, it didn't, and rewatching The Conjuring 2, we'll get to it. The CGI in that has aged really bad. Yeah, for for the that. Crooked Man. Um, this was Valak's third appearance. She was in the Conjuring Two, Animal Creation as well, uh, and the last one at an hour and thirty minutes. It's actually the shortest film in the Conjuring universe, which makes perfect sense. Uh, the next film up after the Nun is. Oh, one of my favorites. It is 19, It takes place in 1955, Animal Creation. So that may release on August 11th, 2017, $306 million on a $15 million budget. Uh, it is at 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jenny, I'll start with you again. We actually saw a screening of this uh, prior to the release. What did you think of Animal Creation? I really liked it. It's at the top of my list. Um, I think I actually really enjoyed it more than than the other two a little bit more. Um, I liked the story. I thought it was the doll is just creepy. I mean, I guess I yep. and I feel like like child's play is like Chucky doesn't really freak me out. Chucky, I think, is actually I don't think he's cute, but like it doesn't freak me out in the same way. And I've seen those movies and I, you know, I grew up with those movies. But this doll is like. other level yeah like it's just like the way they were i mean i think it's just because it's like this beautiful like almost like a madame alexander kind of doll like porcelain doll and then like the way they were able to like i i like how they were able to sort of reinvent the trope the doll the the haunted doll demonic doll trope um and and create this like backstory for it and and who it really was and how it happened um, so overall, I like it. I think the, the movie's a lot stronger than some of the other ones. Um, I, this was David F. Sandberg, right? Yeah. Who directed it. Yep. I like his directing. Um, I'm excited to see what, is he directing Shazam 2 also? I don't know. Well, anyway, yep. I thought it was really good. I thought the story with, with the little girl, um, and just overall, like, I felt like the scares were just. The atmosphere that it set was so this, just a lot. So I, I'm, I'm with, I agree. Before we move to Tom, I agree with Jenny. This reminds me of, uh, I think it was the same year or the year before when Ouija of, or, uh, the, yes. the, the fantastic movie. So and as you see, the original wasn't as good, but the sequel, which turned out to be a pre- prequel, was so much better. And that's, uh, the intention was originally to make Annabelle as a sequel, but eventually it was revealed that it was going to be a pre- prequel to the origins of the doll itself. So, for anyone that hasn't seen the movie, the plot of the film centers on the doll maker and his wife, whose daughter tragically died 12 years earlier, and they decide to open their home to a nun and uh, several girls uh, from a shuttered orphanage. The doll maker's possessed creation, uh, creation Annabelle, sets her sights on children and turns her shelter into a storm of horror. Lights Out director, which, do you remember Lights Out, Jenny? That was really yep. good as well. Yeah. Um, the What I love about this movie and it is up there for me as well, is outside of we get the actual origins of Annabelle, is, again, 
I'm, being a superhero guy and loving the comic book like connection, I love the end of this movie, how it connects to the opening of Annabelle. When when they, you know, adopt the girl, she's still possessed at the end of it, and she pretty much takes the persona of Annabelle and goes off and kills the, her adopted parents at the end of the movie, which leads to the opening of Annabelle. I, I love it. Um, and I think the cult of Ram is going to be important as we saw in The Conjuring this past week. So, uh, Tom, hand it over to you. Thoughts on Animal Creation? I hate to disappoint you guys, but I didn't love this one. Um, you know, and, and I remember like when uh, I was super psyched um, when the trailer came out and then the reviews started pouring in because uh, it must have been screening early and the reviews were so positive. And so I hyped myself up so much and I go and see this in theaters and I'll tell you what really bothered me. To me, the best scene in that movie and the scariest scene is when um, the girl is trying to use the uh, the automatic uh, wheelchair. And I'm not um, referring yeah, to like the, the stair lift. The, the stair lift. There you go. When yeah. she's trying to use the stair lift, they showed that in the trailer. And I feel like that was the worst mistake they could have made, because to me, that was absolutely the best scene of the movie. Yeah. Um, so to have see, to have known that that was coming, uh, the movie felt kind of anticlimactic to me. But I did think the script was strong and the direction was strong. I just didn't it, it wasn't as scary as as all the reviews were saying. And maybe I was reading them too much and reading too much into it. But. I, I learned in 2008 when uh, 2008, 2009, when I first started hearing about paranormal activity, how it was mm. the scariest movie ever. I am never going to listen to like certain this is the scariest movie of all time because paranormal activity is one of the most overrated movies I've ever seen in my fucking life. Woo, girl! I don't agree with oh, you there. No, I, we need to have a whole episode a, devoted oh, to that. I think it's fine. I actually like the third one the best. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really strong one. Um, but I do like Paranormal 2 a lot, too. I Oh, man. This is a good discussion. We should have one on Paranormal Activity because I... I should. Halloween, I def- maybe. I actually... Because I think the movie's fine. We'll I think the first one is fine. I just think the third one with the prequel, we get more. We can actually get where the where the origins of of, yeah. of this comes from. Um, and I think Mika is the stupidest human being on the face of the earth. So what happens to him at the end of Paranormal Activity is perfectly fine with me because he is a fucking idiot. Um, some quick facts on Annabelle. Uh, David Sandberg, who Jenny mentioned before, actually was reluctant to direct the film because he has a general dislike of horror sequels. Uh, he... He changed his mind when it was clear that it would be a standalone prequel, not a sequel to Annabelle itself. So that's pretty awesome that he ended up coming up because um, I think his direction was a game changer for this specific uh, franchise. Uh, At 37 minutes, when Sister Charlotte shows Mr. Mullins her picture from Romania, Valak can actually be seen in the darkness within that photo. brilliant, Brilliant scene. And I did not hear about this, but I have it in my notes because I was curious if any of you guys did. This film was associated with a controversial short horror movie contest in which Warner Bros. would legally own the contest winner's idea for three years and have the option to develop a full feature out of it, with while only being obligated to compensate the contest winner with a hundred dollars. Ouch! Wow! Oh, That's shame on dick. them. Warner's the Warner. Horrible. That's terrible. I hope no one won that or no one even entered that. It's ridiculous. Uh, moving on. Well, people don't read the fine print, so what? I'm yeah. sure there was 
plenty of entries and then when they find out later but that that's horrible like I feel like we're in the age of like dish out the money man I mean even yesterday you know we visited Camp Crystal Lake for for Dave's birthday and we're talking about Friday the 13th and how there was no such thing as royalties back then and and knowing what things would become now and I feel like now that we know that streaming is the wave of the future and all these merchandising agreements now you need to book like put these things in compensate people for their money even just with Cruella and the costume designer is having a hard time with Disney and her designs are being merchandised and she's not getting a cut for it. Like those are her creations. Like give people, give people their due, like shell out the fucking money and like people work hard. So don't enter any contest people without reading the fine print. Yeah. And if you're unsure, if the studio is unsure whether how much, how profitable a movie is going to be, go the Halloween 2008 route, 2018 route and just have a massive back end in there. Right. So that if it is a box office success, um, Jamie Lee Curtis made very little on, on shooting Halloween 2018 itself, but she made like four or 5 million on the box office afterwards. So yeah. do, do yeah. that. Robert Downey Jr. When he first did Iron Man was, yeah. um, still in, in his comeback. So he was an RDJ that we know now. And he took a back end to every Marvel movie after Iron Man. And I think he did okay for himself after yeah. that. Um, the, it's funny you mentioned Friday the 13th and this contest because look at what Friday the 13th is going on through, going through right now. They're still in court. Oh, yeah. They've been in court for at least, I think, 10 years now for the rights right. of the film. And it's, it's to the point that Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham just can't come to an agreement money-wise. And that's why we haven't gotten a new Friday the 13th in uh, 12 years at this point. So uh, next movie up. 1967 Annabelle movie was released on 10 on October 3rd 2014 I actually saw this the same day I saw Gone Girl very different in quality let's just say that um this movie also made money at 257 million dollars it's actually the second lowest uh box office of the bunch so far uh it is a a 29% on Ryan Tomatoes Jenny I think you saw this with me after Annabelle creation. Cause I told you it connects really well to Annabelle. Yeah. I think, I think at the time I hadn't seen it in theaters, um, before that. So, um, I think, I mean, well, it, it connects the whole conjuring, you, you know, it connects to everything. And again, the doll is freaky as hell. Um, I like that they were able to sort of create something new, with the demonic possession and kind of give us, and even going back to, to Annabelle creation, I love that because that was a prequel to this, it all connected seamlessly. Like I like when you have that straight. And I think, I think there's also something to be said that the movies um, were made so close to each other that you're able to do that. Right. Like you're not waiting 10 years in between, you know, things releasing and I think that's when that hurts like you have people you have like James Wan producing like you have people in there that are committed and and creating these stories so overall um I thought this movie it's towards the bottom of my list at the end um only just because I I enjoyed the other two Annabelle's a little bit more I don't know if it's because I didn't see it first but I also think it's uh like it was good but I, I felt like I really liked the prequel aspect a lot 
a lot better overall. But yeah, I mean, just yeah, I think yeah, I don't know. Don't bring home doll. I don't know. So it's funny. <laughs> the reason the movie was actually made, so the spin, obviously the the success of the Conjuring, but I remember myself. I don't know if you guys because we talked about it, but I actually left the Conjuring saying how great that movie was. But damn, that doll at the beginning was creepy as fuck. Because the opening shot of The Conjuring is Annabelle. So the success of the film, the popularity that that doll attained after The Conjuring is kind of what led to the film. Um, for those that don't know, the plot focused on John and Mia form, a married couple expecting a child whose vintage doll Annabelle gets possessed by a vengeful spirit by a cult group, which we now know as the Ram, uh, which we will talk about in a bit. I will say that this movie has the same problem the nun did. We don't get enough Annabelle. I think there is um she she shows up here and there, but um I think it, the movie focuses more on the cult than it does Annabelle as a whole, so that's kind of where my issue lies. It's not the worst. It's at the, it's the worst of the three Annabelles, and it's closer to the bottom of my list, but I didn't I don't hate it as much as everyone else does. Uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on Annabelle? Wait, wait. And actually, that oh. scene in the beginning when she does, like, when you have um, the neighbor's daughter die inside the nursery, like, I, I was just, like, freaked out by that a little bit, too, because you have this juxtaposition of this woman waiting to have her baby, and she creates this, like, what's supposed to be this, like, safe space, and then these people come in, and they attack them, and then, like, the cops just come in and shoot this woman in here and then she's holding the doll and it was like I just felt like that whole scene was like super intense. And when and you just like And when you know oh. who and when you know who she actually turned out to be, it kind of really works oh, really yeah, well. Yeah, then it's like Okay, so now Tom. <laughs> so I actually like Annabelle a lot. Um I liked the setting in an apartment building. I thought that was really interesting. Um you don't see a lot of horror movies set in apartment buildings, right? No, you don't. Know, just child's play, play, yeah. And Insidious 3, I think, took place in an apartment Yes, building. you're right. Yep. Um, so I like when they do that. Uh, so I thought that was a really good use of space. And um, there are mm -hmm. some really creepy moments, like when she goes down, when Mia goes down to the basement mm -hmm. and sees the demon climbing up the stairs. Like that, I remember sending chills down my spine in the theater. So I thought, I, did, I didn't hate Annabelle at all. I thought, like Jenny said, any movie with her. Just looking at that fucking doll is scary. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's fine. It's a good movie. And I, Dave is like, Dave wants to buy one and bring it I in. Do. Like, no. I do. decoration. Just I was like, you no, can, just to like have one in the get living a room. Buddy doll, and we can get have the cheese. hell out of here. But I will not have. Um, I will not have Annabelle in here. That, yeah, that doll is nope. no. And then some, some quick some quick facts on Annabelle. The movie portrays the Annabelle doll as a porcelain doll. Jenny knows this answer. I'm sure you do, Tom. Do you know what who Annabelle really is? What kind of raggedy? Yeah. Yes. Yep. And and do you know why they didn't go with that in the movie? It's because the company, the toy company that has the rights right? to Raggedy Ann, was like, "No, you are not going to ruin this doll." <laughs> yeah. Have you been to the museum? Tom? No, it's so you guys should actually come up and we should do it because it's it, literally 35 it, minutes. Isn't from it me. closed now? No, I think I think Lorraine and Ed's daughter, Judy, who is, is very much in the movies. I think she still curates it with um, this guy, Anthony, who was I, I met Ed and Lorraine. I'm not Ed. I met Lorraine once. So I could tell you that at the end of the episode. So that's why I know a little bit, bit about this. But I think Judy and this guy, Anthony, who was kind of like Ed's right hand man. Um, I think they still curate that house. I think I would love to, but 
I don't know how sad you fucking terrified. I know. I, that's why I haven't done it yet. It's so close, right? But And I've lived in Connecticut for 13 years, um, but I haven't done it yet either because I just can't bring myself. I'd much rather drive by the Amityville house than, <laughs> than, than go to there right Boy. now. It's terrifying. Um, I, this is just a fun fact, um, especially she, she's kind of like canceled at the moment. Ellen DeGeneres actually lived in the apartment used in the movie. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, interesting. You know, not, not, nothing about the movie. It was just a funny fact that I that, that came. Um, this is more for Tom, since I'm sure he's seen this movie. The characters' names Mia and John refer to the lead actors of what horror movie? Ooh, I don't know. Rosemary's Baby. Oh. So they named after Mia Farrow and John yeah, Cassavetes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, unlike The Conjuring, which uh, is based on true events, this prequel is completely fictional. So, everything, I, I think everything outside The Conjuring is all fictional. Yes. Yep. All right, we're coming down to the home stretch. Next up is what I think is the best in the entire universe uh, the one that started it all, 2013's The Conjuring, released on July 19, 2013. Made $319 million on a $20 million budget, and it is the highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes at 86% to the shock of no one. Um, Jenny, I did not. Yeah. We were not together at the time. No. When did you see The Conjuring, and what did you think? Um, I believe I saw it in theaters. Um, I really liked it. I actually really liked <laughs> At first, I really liked seeing Ron Livingston and, and Lily Taylor. Because yes. Lily Taylor, I hadn't seen since like what was it, The Haunting? Is yeah, that yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Or six feet and under. I was like, but... Oh my god, look at her! Um, and I was like, she looks so good. And I was like, oh okay. And then Ron Livingston, obviously, like Office Space and and other stuff that he's done. Um, so I just thought I was I was excited to see the movie. I thought it was, um, overall, I was like, oh, what is this? Like, this looks like really spooky and then you know you start to get so you get the beginning of with them like kind of introducing who the warrens are um and then you they sort of take a back you know they go to the back the sidelines and then you have the 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 family parent parent family Mm -hmm. um and and so i thought like i don't know i like i i just thought the whole setup was interesting and then they're in this house and then i was like oh this is is this gonna be like amityville horror like is it you have this whole house and this possession and all this stuff and then they find the cellar door and it just like it, it evolves from there and all the things that happen um so and then obviously then the warrens come in and um and then i love vera formiga i didn't get to I had seen Bates Motel after The Conjuring, but, and then obviously, like, I, I was late to the game on that, but she's so good there, and she's great here, and I was just, and I love their chemistry, like, I think they, and her Patrick and Patrick is Wilson, cute as hell. he's good looking, like, I just, like, <laughs> both of them together, like, they, they played off of each other so well, I think the films wouldn't work as well if you didn't believe that they could be a real life couple, like if you didn't feel that chemistry between them and that like love and, and we'll play into that when we talk about this third movie now. Um, but I just feel like they, their chemistry, like they casted them so well to, and to have us build into this world. Um, but yeah, I, I love the conjuring. It's, it's definitely at the top of my list. Yeah. So Jenny took, Jenny took the premise out. She kind of nailed the premise. So I don't have to say it. Um, 
No, no, you're, you're good. Uh, yeah, I think this is one of the best horror movies of the decade, of the past decade. And it's one of my favorite horror films of all time. I think the idea of where we were before 2013, of the uh, remake, the uneventful, unatmospheric horror that we were getting until 2013. I think the only thing I really liked prior in the mid-2000s that I thought was actually good and tried to be different was Scream 4 because it tried to make essentially make fun of reboots and remakes. Um, this brought the ball game to a new level and kind of brought in the new era of horror that we're in today where it's about the atmosphere. It's about this, where you... It, it's more than about kills. I don't even think there is a murder in this entire movie. This movie is all about setting up the scope of the true horror of possession. And the fact that what I really like, too, is it's very simple and very small, but we don't get the exorcism until the last maybe 10 minutes of the movie. And I think that adds effect to the build to that moment because you're wanting, mm -hmm. you you know, you really want to see this happen. And when we get there, it, it's extremely effective. Uh, and Jenny mentioned, I mean, Vera and Patrick are electric together. They they feel like a real couple. Like, if, if, if I were to hear they're together, I don't know if they're married or not, but if I were to hear they're together, I'd be like, okay, cool. I buy it. They're, they're, their chemistry is electric. Vera... If it wasn't for um, Bates Motel, I would say this is her best performance. Uh, I think some may say part two. I think this is her best one. Uh, but yeah, Tom, take it away. I, I hope you feel the same. I love The Conjuring. Um, so uh, a year before the movie came out, the day that I, I promised I'd talk about this, the day that I met Lorraine Warren, she was giving a talk at a public library here in Connecticut that was close enough, um, like 15 minutes from where I was living. So I go to this public event, and uh, during the Q&A, Lorraine talks about how um, in, in about a year, a movie about her and Ed's life is going to be coming out. And what she said was they've been test screening this movie, and the test screenings are getting an A+. So the hype train built for me right then and there. Nice. So I was super excited about this movie. I started re researching the fuck out of it. Um, and then like learning that like Ed and Lorraine lived in the same state that I do like that, that just added a whole different level for me of excitement. Um, so when the movie finally came out, it delivered, I think James Wan's use of space mm -hmm. in that movie is incredible. Um, yeah, I just, it, it was, it, so there, there is nothing new or revolutionary about ghost stories, right? They've yep. been done countless times, but the movie felt so fresh. Um, for being a, a you know probably the thousandth ghost story that's been told on screen and for to that that's an impressive feat to make a movie that's just a, a haunting um feel so fresh and new like something we had never seen before and the scene with a demon on top of the closet like, yes whoa whoa, whoa. and um, i will say I go I, on and on i love the conjuring love it i think that J this shows james Wong's growth as a director because he could have just made movies like saw for his entire career and made money but he decided you know what i want to make a you know saw it is what it is i like the first saw i don't think it's overly great i think it's fine great great twist at the end but i think the movie itself is just fine the, and then he just takes it up to a level that he gives us a modern horror masterpiece and then yep. you know he, it's, it's and then having met lorraine i can tell you right so like 
remove that from the equation, Vera Farmiga is fantastic in the role, but having met Lorraine, she nails her idiosyncrasies. So, like, knowing that is even crazier. And Vera is so talented, and I really hope she wins Best Supporting Actress this year for the Many Saints of Newark, um, because she deserves it. But that's a, that's a, that's a sidebar. I, uh, I, yeah, I, I just, I love Vera. Just speak that into existence, because I just want that right? movie to be great. Uh, and then some quick facts on the film. Eight generations of families actually lived and died in the house before the parents actually moved in. So that's crazy. And I lo- and that's a- yeah. something I forgot to mention. I love that The Conjuring is not just one ghost. It's just a whole bunch of different ghosts seen throughout the movie, which is which really works uh, well. Uh, James Wan modeled the film cinematography and actually makes sense. He modeled the cinematography and atmosphere after vintage 1970s horror films. So it actually makes perfect you sense. See that. All of the Conjuring movies actually adopt their style cinematographically for cinematographically for the age that they're they're in. Yes, I agree. Um, this is this is more creepy. The mother of the parent family claimed to have felt the same strange dark presence similar to when she first experienced the occurrences depicted in the film. She later tripped and suffered some wounds, which put her in the hospital during the filming of the movie. Oh wow! Yeah. And then the film was that. This is crazy because a movie like this. There's not a lot of blood. It would essentially, you'd think this be a rated PG-13 film. But a fun fact that I have is that the movie was actually given the rated R by the MPAA because the filmmakers, um, because they thought that the movie was actually too scary and there were no cuts or edits that could be possible to make this film a PG-13 movie, which is, shows the effectiveness of the film as a whole. Alrighty. Moving on from The Conjuring, we got few more to go and i don't think we're gonna the next one we'll talk a little bit but i suspect the one after that we have nothing to say um next one up is annabelle comes home 2019 made 231 million dollars out of a 27 million dollar budget 65 percent on ron tomatoes i think i will be the most high on this one (laughs) jenny what are your thoughts um so i I enjoyed it i don't like the start of this i (laughs) I really don't like the start of this, Jenny. I think you're about to go on a rant. No, no, no. I'm not going on a rant. No, no, no. I'm no rant. Um, I like so I like the casting. I will say one of the people that I really like the casting of was McKenna Grace because I've seen her in like so many things, and yep. I think she's yep. such a good actress, and she does she does horror well, but she does other things well um, as well. So I was really excited to see her casted. You know, sometimes you have these child stars that you kind of see often in a lot of different things. And you're like, when you see that they do great work, you're just like, Oh, great. And like, it kind of makes you more hype for that too. Um, I thought, you know, I was like, okay, Annabelle, like another Annabelle movie. Like what else do we have to, to say about Annabelle? Um, but I think like I enjoyed, I thought it was an interesting thing to have, right. Cause it was the daughter, right. And then her friend, no, baby, no, the, the babysitter, the babysitter, right. Yeah. So well, no, her friend is there too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought she was right. Wasn't she the blonde friend? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the blonde was the babysitter and her friend was there. Right. Yep. With the, with, she wears like a striped sweater. Yeah. She's the one that was dealing with like the PTSD after her, uh, she felt she yes, felt like she was dad. yeah she felt like she was responsible for her dad's death. Oh my god! And then when they like when she's in that room, just the whole 
that whole room freaks me out a bit. So yeah, you guys were talking about going to this. You guys were going talking about going to this museum, and I was just like, mm, Dave, you're driving there with Tom, and you guys can go together. I don't. And Jenny's know. like, I'll be on the boat. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'll be on the boat. Oh, Jeff I'll wouldn't go Jeff. either, Tom. I don't think he would. No, I'll stay with Jeff. Um, I I don't know, man. Like. I just thought, I thought it was interesting. We got to explore the house more. We were in this space. We got to see more of like, like her going in there and touching things. I was like, stop touching that. Stop touching that. Like you're making me so anxious. And then what is it? She picks up the bracelet, right? I think. It yeah, was. I think so. Yeah. 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 Cause she wants to see her dad again or something along those lines. Yeah. And then that was like super intense for me. I just felt like the tension, the tension kind of just continued the, the same tension that you felt like just this atmospheric, quality of fear the fear of you know not being able to see certain things or or things that will come out at you you know whether you whether you believe or not or you're not a believer like just like all of it things that you don't understand or you may not understand and so like just just that ongoing fear just like continued on for me um watching it so overall i would say it's a little bit higher on my list than the other ones um but I wouldn't say it's my number one. Yeah, I love this movie. I think yeah. this movie takes a... It, it kind of... I To pretty much start off where Jenny said, where, where could they go next after creation? I think this movie very much feels like... We talk about the haunted house idea. I think this takes it to another level because we are able to t- be taken to the Warrens. You know, the room where, all, where everything is. And then... We are able to see glimpses of all the different ghosts that live in in those artifacts. So I actually, and I'm like, why are you keeping these things? I'm like, don't keep these things. I still don't understand why they keep it. I mean, you met Lorraine. Did she talk about that in her talks? Like, I, I she did not. Because I'm so curious. I mean, I get their reasoning that they say in the movie. It just for me, it makes I don't know. It's a bit much. Like that house well, has to be haunted. It locked up somewhere. Um. Right. And like, so you're taking it out from anywhere else. But I just feel like you're creating all of this energy in this one place. And yeah. it's like, you know, I can't imagine being a kid growing up. Yeah, I know. Um, there. I don't know. But I do think McKenna, this is McKenna's kind of breakout. I think she was fantastic in this film. Um, I will say I'm very much looking forward to her in Ghostbusters because if she's going to be as good as she was in here, I think she's going to knock it out of the park. Uh, yeah, I really have had a great time with this one. It really did have that haunted house feel. Uh, and it actually is up there for me as one of my favorite in the universe. Uh, Tom, what about you? I loved Annabelle Comes Home. I loved how they worked in Ed and Lorraine into this. Like, uh, you know, And they were in a good... I thought it would be like a one-scene cameo, but they probably had about 15, 20 minutes of screen time when all was said and done. Um, I loved this movie. I thought it was scary as hell. The only thing that didn't work for me were was the werewolf stuff. Um, that was a little cheesy, but the stuff with the dad like literally sent chills down my spine. Um, yeah, I I I thought Annabelle comes fresh way to, to to continue the Annabelle story, especially since it's not really based on one of Ed and Lorraine's true cases. Um, I thought the direction was tight. I love anytime we're in their home um, because their home just feels so homely and cozy. Um, and I think, you know, some of the best scenes that we get in the Conjuring universe are in the home of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, yeah, I was a big fan. I was a, I was a totally big fan and I was surprised at the box office 
uh, was as weak. And I use weak as a relative term because it still did incredibly well. But I was surprised the box office of this was as as weak as it was, especially considering it was a summer movie. All right. And then I get, and then we get to the next one, which um, uh, uh, I, I, I'm just going to pr- start it by saying this is the worst in the entire universe. Uh and I think the one that has the least connection to the entire universe as a whole, and I maybe yeah, I was trying to remember what the connection was, and I think it's only with a priest, right? Something yeah. Like- so this is 1973, the 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 Curse of La Llorona. Uh, it actually still grossed over 123 million dollars, and uh, on a 27 million dollar budget, but it is 28 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I Jenny hasn't really doesn't remember much about this one, just little glimpse of it i'm just gonna say straight up i'll i'll let jenny go in in a second i think a movie about a mexican would you say it's a folk story or folklore or it's folklore yeah yeah it's a you know so the fact that the movie doesn't something yeah so the fact that it doesn't take place in mexico and it takes place in california um yeah that's that's not it I did. I didn't. Li- I didn't like that at all. Uh, Je- Jenny, Jenny's girl, Linda Cardellini. She's fine. I love her I love too. Her. She's fine in the movie, but I the, had high hopes. But the movie, the movie as a whole, just doesn't work for me. I, it's. I don't. You know. I don't find it creepy. I don't find it scary. I think it's just one of those that James and his and his team was like, let's just throw this against the wall and see if it sticks. Uh, but for me, the movie doesn't work at all. Uh, Tom, what about you? I did not like it, um, and and I think this was the first movie that really, really suffered from James Wan's absence. Um, I think this was the least in this movie he was least involved in, and I remember walking out. Not much. I don't remember much of the movie, but I remember one scene that I said, this scene was mildly creepy in this movie, but under James Wan's helm would have been downright spine tingling is when the kid is outside in the yard by the pool and you see La Llorona through a clear umbrella. Yes, yes. James Wan would have made that such a spine tingling scene that you would have had nightmares. And in this movie, it was like mildly creepy. And that's the only scene that stands out to me. And I think yeah, that I think that's the same fan. thing for me. And it's it, and that's kind of what worried me with The Conjuring because it was the same director, Michael Chavez. The newest one, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what originally worried me. And Jenny, uh, just give your love to Linda Cardellini and random things you like of her, and then we'll move on. Dead yeah. to me. I love her. I love dead Linda. to me. Uh yeah, dead to me. I think has been her best, the best work she's done as of late. Um, um that because everything show. else, everything else has been sort of you know like. You know, like a B character almost, supporting character, supporting role. But I feel like Dead to Me um, has What the hell was that other, that Netflix series too with um, Ben Mendelsohn and Kyle Chandler? She was excellent. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And now I'm, yes, you're right. She was very good in that also. Um, And, And the only notes I have on this movie are that it makes references to the Conjuring film in terms of like it replicates uh, actions done in the film, like the way someone looks to the corner in the conjuring, they do the same thing in like, you don't want it. nothing, but it, I think this is the one that doesn't have much, if any connection to the universe. So I, I got nothing else on that. And, oh, and the show was bloodline bloodline. That's it. Yes. Yeah. All right. And we come to the last two and they are both conjuring films. So 
2016's The Conjuring, Jenny. And this actually does include a Jenny story, Tom, that you're going to love. And Jenny doesn't remember this. I actually do remember this very I well. I don't remember this. So uh movie takes place. The Conjuring 2? Yes. So we're, okay. we're down to the last two Conjurings. 1977 it takes place. Uh, released June 10th, 2016. And made $320 million on a $40 million budget. Um. I'm going to give you my Jenny story real quick. So we're in Florida for my birthday where we went to Disney World and Universal Studios. So we got through the day early and I'm like, I don't want to wait to come home. Let's just see. the. Let's just go see The Conjuring. Universal has a theater. And I I think Jenny's starting to remember the story. Um, kind of. So, studio walk. Yes. Have a, so, a so we go in. Movie starting. It's a packed house. And there is a group of girls that do not shut the fuck up. And Jenny, Jenny's very sound very aggressive. Dude. Jenny's aggressive at the theater when she likes to shut people up. So she'll <laughs> she's Brenda. Well, no, she's the antithesis of Brenda from Scary Movie. <laughs> so they don't shut up. And Jenny actually through when the movie starts. Jenny, when the movie like it's about fifteen minutes in, and Jenny's like, "Can you shut up already?" That's my kind of girl. And Love then, it. and then I. There was like a mild clap, and then Jenny starts arguing with the girl for like a good two minutes. I thought I, I thought, really don't remember all of this, but I, I feel like yes, it could be something I may have done. But um, well, that's well, a really okay. good movie to fucking. Fuck You're with. watching a scary movie. Okay, look, it's one thing to be going to the movies, and if you're watching something like The Boy or I don't know whatever, give me a January scary movie. Oh oh oh, The Bye Bye Man. Bye Bye Man. Oh my. God, that was horrible. So, okay, you're watching a Bye Bye Man movie, fine. But you're watching The Conjuring 2. Right. Or you're watching a great, what you know will be a good movie. Like, shut up. And it's not even, like, if you were watching a Marvel movie, you want reactions. If you're watching Mamma Mia 2, you want reactions. Like, you want certain things, and that's fine. But I think when you're watching a horror movie, you need silence. Like, it makes Oh, no, I love when the audience screams at the top of their lungs. I listen No, you that. can scream, but not when you're talking. Like, if you're okay, talking okay, and chit-chatting okay. while there's, like, a, a, a tense scene on the screen, then that's bad. Like, that's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah that. reacting, yeah, and, like a scare and, like, ah, like, and it, yeah. And I, I will say, and I will say, I don't, I didn't mention it in the first one, but something I love about The Conjuring is the opening. When it has the little yellow words. Oh, like, yeah, the yellow. And it's then, like very Star Wars-esque. Yeah, and yeah. then the, the Conjuring title goes up. I'm like, oh, with the creepy score. Yeah, that really works yeah. for me. Um, So, Jenny, I thoughts on the movie itself outside of your... Uh, yeah, your dis- I mean, I don't remember that. I must have blocked that out. But so I just really like quickly, before she goes into her yeah. rant, I'll tell you, oddly, this is kind of related. Uh, I once was in Universal and uh, in Orlando for Universal, and uh, Insidious was out, and I also went to go see Insidious at the Universal City Walk because I didn't want to wait to come home. So when I saw Insidious in theaters the first time was in Orlando. Oh, that's so good. That movie's still so good. So good. Anyway, go ahead, Jenny. What's your thoughts on Conjuring 2? Um, it's one of my favorites. I think, like, going even back to just, like, the nun and the story of, of Valak, like, I just thought just the atmosphere in that movie um the painting i mean the painting comes to life that's my favorite scene um i think that's like the the scariest scene for me i think just even just watching it like i'm just like reliving 
the drama in my yeah, head. Even the way James Wan paced that, right? So, like, the daughter yeah. calls Lorraine into the hallway. That's and you see both yep, of that's their faces. It. That's it. Yep. And you see their faces first, and then, like, it's the slow cut to the nun at the end of that hallway, and you're like, what the fuck yep, is that's, that? That's exactly my sentiments when I first saw that. I'm like, that is the. Cre- you guys are talking about the painting, but for me, it's that. When they come out and she's just standing there, I'm like, exactly what you said. What the fuck is that? Yeah. I just feel like a lot of this, like, it could be, you know, again, going back to, like, whether you believe in ghosts or, or demons or, you know. Which I do very Whatever much. it is that you believe, like, a lot of this is could be real or is real. Like, I don't know. But, like, I just feel like if I was. If I was Lorraine and I was there, I would like I don't know what I would do. I I don't know what I would do. I'd probably goes die. Into the office to confront it. I'm like, <laughs> but <"Girl."> like, <laughs> and then she's just walking with her rose. Like she's just like. Head By on, the like, way, like, no one walks Jesus. better, and we're gonna talk about it in the next one too. The way Lorraine walks with those rosaries, like with such like fierce confidence. Oh, I love it. She when I met her, she had rosaries she had the wrapped rose around like her that? hand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Um, details they get right but yeah i'm 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 with jenny i i love this movie i think the i will say this is not as good as the first one and i will tell so so here's where i here's where i I, um where i think will differ i think the movie being almost two and a half hours is a deterrent to the film because i i was noting when i rewatched it this week for the podcast uh, I understand pacing and us understanding what this family. Uh, what was the family? The what was the family? The Enfield family. The Enfield Poltergeist yes, is the name of it because so, yeah. that was the town, but I forget the family name. Um, uh, I remember watching the film. And the Lutz family. The I Lutz family. Yeah. Was that the original? No, no, that's no. Amityville. no that's that was Amityville, before. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because they do talk about Amityville in the movie. Um, I it takes an hour and three minutes for the Warrens to get to London. Hodgson. Hodgson. H-O-D-G-S-O-N. So, yeah, the fact that it took them an hour and three minutes to get to London, I think, was a little bit much for me. I think they could have cut out a good 15 minutes for for my liking. But what I love about this movie is not just the horror aspect of it. I love the fact that they're actually looking into the facts of whether or not they're a hoax. Whether or not these guys, like Ed and Lorraine, are really do what they say they do. Um... The reality of it, it feels like in my research of the war, they went through this their entire lives. So the fact that they were able to do this within the film, I thought was incredibly effective. I would have liked a little bit more into the Amityville stuff. Just curious, because I'm very curious as to the hoax aspect of that uh, and the Warren's involvement with that. But the opening itself was really solid. Um, Yeah, just the only issue I really have with the movie is the fact that it is a bit long on the tooth. But the scares here are some of the best in the entire series for me uh tom what are your thoughts absolutely this is my favorite one in the entire conjuring universe again james wan use of space like something as simple as the little kid's fire truck going into that tent Mm -hmm. and that tent being so black inside and you just it's 
it's something that horror movies don't do well anymore until this movie where like you don't need to show something for something to be scary him mm-hmm. just keeping the camera focused on that 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 poorly lit tent where it's completely black inside and this toy goes right in there it's just br- it's brilliant it's just absolutely brilliant the stuff with um the bill wilkins the ghost yes. who sits in the chair that stuff is solid uh, I didn't mind the runtime on this. I just, I loved it. And then even the fact that it goes deeper into Ed and Lorraine's love for each other, the way it ends is beautiful. I just, I, I love, 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 love The Conjuring too. And the nun stuff is so fucking scary. Iconic, iconic. And that's what we're going to get into with the the last one. Why I did, you know, I did enjoy The Devil Made Me Do It. There is no iconic character like Conjuring 2 had with the nun. We didn't get that. Oh, and I... Uh, I forgot. I forgot this character's name. The, the one that they're gonna they were gonna spin off that you and I, Tom, disagreed. The crooked man. The, the, the crooked, crooked man. man. I I didn't like the CGI on that. That didn't work for me either. Um, the little toy is scary. The, the toy the itself. The crooked man toy and the like, rhyme is creepy. But, but when he's formed, yeah. yeah, the CGI didn't work for me. But the movie itself is great. Um, it is actually before it. It was. It became the. The highest grossing horror film of all time before it. Well deserved before it. Yep. Yep. And some quick fun facts on this. We almost did not get James Wan on Mm. The Conjuring 2 because he was actually offered a life altering amount of money in order to to direct The Fate of the Furious because he went and directed Furious 7, which is one of the biggest in the franchise. However, he actually turned it down because he said, "I feel I rejuvenated. I feel rejuvenated to tell a scary story one more time," and that's why he declined to do the Fate and the Furious. And um, but he's a liar because we got Malignant coming out later. Yes, this year. I am so surprised he, they did not try and get a trailer together for the for the Conjuring. I am very curious because all we've seen is that gold glove. Yeah, so I'm very yeah, curious yeah. as to yeah. what exactly that is. Um, some else, something else, some have claimed that the real Janet Hodgson is a gifted ventriloquist or has the power to manipulate voices as she admitted to faking some of the events. She revealed that around 2% of the haunting was phony during an interview with the Telegraph. Ironically, she died on the same seat that, um, Bill died. Oh. They say, they say that at the end of the movie, yeah. And then, um... The real life events in Enfield became the longest recorded paranormal case of poltergeist activity in the history in history, according yep. to Vera Formiga. And finally, all scenes featuring the nun were added during reshoots. Yep. Replacing the original demon. Uh, yep, exactly. This happened because director Juan wished to expand the story of Lorraine having her faith question, which brought in the story of the nun, which turned out to be one of the best decisions he's ever made in anything he's ever so done. Brilliant. All right, and then finally, The Devil Made Me Do It, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, released this week. Uh, I got a press screening, which was quite an environment to be in with uh, anti-horror folks. Let's just put it that way. I was with about seven people at their press screening and a lot of laughs throughout the film. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. like I, 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 I didn't speak to anybody, but you can tell some entitled folks that think that they're above the horror genre and i'm sitting there enjoying the movie and i'm like yeah you're, you're one of those um movie itself i liked it i don't think it's as, nowhere near as strong as the first two like it it is not it, it is not on the stratosphere of the first two however i do like the fact that they did not do a rinse and repeat a copy and paste type of haunted house story 
this time they kind of open the world up and we get kind of an investigative horror film. I, and I, I wrote in my review, I'm like, Lorraine, Lorraine's doing her best J.B. Fletcher and, and, uh, <laughs> Ed is doing his Med Metlock with investigating this entire, uh, during the entire film. Poor Ed, man. Yo, Ed, Ed was trucking at this movie. Like when Lorraine, during this movie, Jenny and I, cause I saw this press screening and then Jenny and saw it with me on Friday. And when they're in the woods and Lorraine is running. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I felt so bad for Ed. Free, like, I'm like yeah. he's. I'm like yo. You gotta feel bad for this guy, man. Um, I will say the opening exorcism is one of the best scenes in the entire Conjuring universe. Agreed. I thought that was beautifully shot. I thought it was creepy as fuck. Um, yeah, yeah. The contortions were. Yeah. So like the movie itself, I I thought it was fine. I gave it three out of four. I don't think it w- was awful. I enjoyed it, and it's just when you. I just love seeing Vera. And Patrick together. I mean, they're everything about them just works for me. Uh, I forgot the the guy's name, the guy that plays uh, Army Arnie. I thought he was really solid. In, yeah, I thought in so the too. Film. Uh, Jenny, thoughts? Yeah, I really liked it. Um, we saw it Friday. Um, I saw it from home, so I saw it on HBO Max. This new model that we have going on. Um, I think it would have been really cool to see it in the theaters just for that, that whole dark atmosphere. But I did enjoy being on my couch as well. Um, I thought it was good. I, I like that there was a twist in the formula. This was more like a, a detective story. You know, I, I love Nancy drew. I love JB Fletcher. So I enjoyed that. Like we kind of, you know, we had a nice combination of, you know, the paranormal with the exorcism and like the spirit and what do we do in the occult, um, and now like bringing it into like the Satanist and, and like kind of figuring out, trying to figure out like how, why is this happening? Um, and whatnot. I actually didn't quite see the twist coming at the end of the movie. We're not giving anything spoiled, right, Dave? Or are we, uh, no, no, try know. not to. Okay. So I didn't quite see that coming until like she, we got to another part and then I was like, Oh, this may be related. And I was like, okay. Um, I didn't really feel the length of the movie. Like I didn't think it was too long. I thought it was, I thought it was a good amount. Um, Patrick and Vera chemistry loved it. I liked the satisfying conclusion because I think this is probably what their last movie, I think. Um, well, Tom, you may know more than me. Are there any more cases you think that you've heard? Oh, a ton. Um, there's a ton that they can do, but I just I don't think they're interested. Most of their cases were haunted houses, um, so I don't know if there's an interest in going um, back in that direction. Going back to that, yeah. Yeah. So if this, like, I feel like if this is like their their last hurrah as Ed and Lorraine, I feel like it it gave it a nice end to it. Um, where to leave us. But yeah, overall, I mean, I definitely think the beginning of the movie was very, um, very strong with that exorcism. I think it's always freaky when you see a kid, those contortions were freaking me out. And I was like, thank God for computer CGI. Cause I mean, right. When you think of a movie like the exorcist and how they had to do all these practical effects to try to get certain movement and things. And there was a lot of um, inspiration to this scene from that, or at least what I saw. Yes, you know, especially yes. when they start walking a little bit. And uh, well, yeah, I, I, and I, even just later in the movie with the um, with Arnie and the way he contorts, I'm like, oh, this is so gross. I actually like, mentioned it, in my I actually mentioned it was in my intense. Re- I mentioned in my review that um, 
the opening when you first see the exorcist arrive is exactly a yep. shot for shot to yeah, the exorcist of Marin arrives, yep. which I, which I, it was a nice little nod. Uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on the film? Um, I, I thought it was good. Again, Lorraine and Ed and slash Patrick and Vera what are what made it work. Um, it did not scare me nearly as much as Annabelle comes home or the conjuring or the conjuring Two. And again, like in La Llorona, I have one scene where I know Juan would have made brilliant. There are two in particular that under Juan's direction in the conjuring three would have been absolutely scary as hell. Can I guess the water bear? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, Oh, you, you said one that I was going to say, I was going to say the waterbed sequence, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, would you, the final exorcism at the end, or do you think that worked? The scene in the morgue, I think James Wan could have yes, it up. Yes, 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 I agree with you. Um, I will say I'm glad that I didn't know much about this case because I went in blind and I looked up the information on the case after. So uh, overall, I thought the movie, I liked also the fact that it wasn't a possession per se. It was a curse. So yep. it went up a little different. It went, it went up the stakes in terms of what it actually is. So overall, I dug it. I think, if, like Jenny said, if this is it for them, I think it's a nice way, a nice swan song for them. And then just uh, two quick facts on this, and then we'll do our rankings and call it a day. Uh, Julianne Hillard is the third child star from The Haunting of Hill House to acting The Conjuring movie, preceded by Lulu Wilson and McKenna Grace. And then, uh, like I mentioned, the movie is about Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, who killed his landlord in 1981. And the story was described in the 1983 book, The Devil in Connecticut. So finishing this up, I have my rankings of the Conjuring universe. There are eight films. I am going to do, I'm going to do it this way. Uh, I'll, I'll rank them and then we'll see where we disagree and agree. Uh, so my last entry here is La Llorona. Do, would you Mine have? is The Nun. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. I agreed with Dave. La Llorona. Doesn't happen often, Tom, when it comes to movies. So it, this is good. It doesn't this happen often. Uh, but you like that. I keep you on your toes. You do. You do. Uh, number seven for me is The Nun. La Llorona is my number seven. Nice. I actually put Annabelle. Okay. <laughs> okay. My number six is Annabelle. That's my nun. The nun. Okay. <laughs> my number six is Annabelle Creation. Oh, hot take. <laughs> So my number five is Annabelle Creation. Jenny? My number oh. Oh, my number five, I actually put the Conjuring Three. Not because I didn't like it, but because I like the other ones more. Well, I would say, I don't know if you would agree, uh I think it's still I, on my top. Yeah, for me, five through one, they're all good movies. It's just the ranking of it made different. Yeah. Uh Tom, what was your five? Annabelle. Okay. My number four is the Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It. Same. And Jenny? I put uh, Annabelle Comes Home. And my number three is Annabelle Comes Home. Same. Annabelle Creation. Okay. And I suspect we have the same top two. My number two is The Conjuring 2. My number two is The Conjuring. Oh! Yeah, so here... So originally on my list, I have The Conjuring 2 for number two. But, like, talking about it, I'm like, no, I think I really like it one. So I actually have to go to The Conjuring number two. Interesting. And then my number one is The Conjuring. My yeah. number one is The Conjuring two. Conjuring two. As in the sequel, number two. Interesting. Not yeah. Comma, T-O-O. 
I, I had I, the country <laughs> first originally, but then to, when we were talking about it and it kind of just like really reminded me of all the aspects and, and everything that I liked about it. And I was like, no, you know what? The conjuring too. Plus that story that you told about me. I'm like, I don't know. I guess I was very passionate. <laughs> Okay. Well, I do love I do love that all our rankings are different. So it just shows how diverse this, this franchise is. So so before we go, I yes. have one question for you guys. Has either of you read The Demonologist, which is the book by Ed and Lorraine Warren, which is supposed to be scary as hell? No, but if it's an audio book, Jenny, get that for the library and I will listen to it. At I work think on they Tuesday. did make it into an audio book. So oh, I haven't read it. That. I haven't read it because I'll tell you the story really quickly. Um, the You mentioned at the beginning of the episode, A Haunting in Connecticut, the awful Virginian Madsen movie. That movie is based on a book called In a Dark Place. Um, In a Dark Place is so scary that I literally flung it across the bedroom one night while reading it because it scared me that much and I had nightmares from it. So after that experience, I don't know if I'm ready for the demonologist, but I don't know. My interest is really peaked, especially if we're not going to get any more Ed and Lorraine on screen. I actually had nightmares after watching the devil made me do it. Not in like, oh, I don't really remember exactly what happened, but I just remember having like these scary dreams and not sleeping very well. Um, but it still doesn't stop me from watching horror movies because it's not every horror movie. But I feel like the thing, especially with this universe, is just all that atmosphere that they set, like the fear of not being able to see or you don't know what's real or what's not real. Like, it's just yep. it's, yep. it's just crazy. And the way your mind, it's all you're like, is it my mind? Is it what? So um, I think they they've done exactly what they set out to do was create this universe and create these scares in a new, fresh way. And I'll be interested to see what what comes next. Yep. Same here. Tom, thank you so much. I suspect that we will get you back here in October because, um, spoiler alert, we're very, very early tease. We are actually going to cover the Scream franchise in October. Okay. In in preparation for Scream 5. And I I have some hot takes on Scream 2 and 3. And now we have to have a Paranormal Activity episode. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. Uh, all right. Um, Jenny, any last words? Uh, no, no. Um, go we'll watch see. The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, have a good time. Visit the theaters. It's safe to go. Wear your mask. Wear your hand sanitizer. Like, do what you need to do no matter what if you feel comfortable. But go support the theaters um, because it's so important to the movie experience. I think, you know, being able to provide movies at home and in theaters is so important. I think both models can work and they can work together. Um, So, yeah, get out there. All righty. Next week, we will be drafting again the 2015 movie year. Until then, see you at the movies. (laughs) 